session, even in two sessions. It takes months of practice and all of that so that the muscles get used to what you're doing and then they eventually you get muscle memory and so on and so on. So, you know, for example, with the Mount Barker course that you did, um, most of the kids were throwing it with the arms only and overhead. And so my biggest thing that I kept on rehashing to them was that they needed to get their whole body going through the ball so that they would get their whole body's power going through the ball. Um, so, I mean, if you look at, if you look at an overhead, generally I teach them in steps where they actually, they first sit on their knees and just start or grasp the concept of what the position of their stick needs to be on the ball to throw it. Um, and in doing that, I get them to feel the difference between the throw and flicking the ball, like a P flick or drag flick or whatever. Um, so that they grasp that concept. And then that concept is carried out through. Um, and then they start going, you know, they start standing up, um, but standing on the ball without walking into it. And then you teach them, okay, take one step into it. And then, you know, they take three steps and then they start trying to do a moving ball and all of that, you know, it's, it's steps that they, that they need to go through um, slowly. And so I've, 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 you know, explained it to all my kids When we do special skills. You're going to get bored. You're going to get irritated, but if you want to learn it, then push through. And if they don't want to learn it, then they don't want to learn it. And I don't push them to specialized skills is something that you have to want to learn because it takes a lot of time and effort, like I said, yeah. You know, so you, you talk about reteaching it and reworking it often in a lot of cases. Um, do players need to understand that when they have to go back and, and obviously relearn the skill, that some of the gains that they may have made with what they were doing potentially could be lost again? Uh, yeah, yeah. For sure. The players get frustrated. That's when the frust most of the frustration comes out when we're teaching them to do it one way and they're not doing it as well as they would do it with our technique. But that's when I explain to them that you're not doing it as well now, but you're going to do it as well and better in the future. Um, if you just trust me. So that's where player and coach trust comes in. Um, and how much they actually trust your process. Um, yeah. Do you, you know, from a coaching point of view, do you, especially skills, something that you need to bring someone in? If you don't particularly as a coach have those skills, do you, do you, do you feel this is something that you need to bring an outsider in to be able to teach or, or can you rely on? Um, if you don't know how to coach it and one of your players asks you, coach teach me how to throw an overhead and you're like I don't know how to throw an overhead then please bring someone in because otherwise you're going to end up teaching the kid the wrong thing it's not that you have to know how to do it to coach it but you have to know the technique you have to know how to coach it to coach it for example so I mean with me I don't like I went through the process of being taught drag flicking but it wasn't something that I felt I needed to utilize. I was utilizing a bunch of other special skills. So I stopped learning it. 
but I know the technique. I know the steps. And so I can teach a drag flick, but I just won't drag flick. So it's more about know if you know the technique um, behind it and all of that, then you can coach it, but don't just coach it. And also some people can overhead and some people are coaches that can overhead or drag flick or whatever. And they don't even have the right technique. And then they teach the kids with the wrong technique. And that comes down to unqualified coaches. Um, but that's a whole other story. Which is another but, conversation. Yeah. yeah, which is another conversation. Yeah. And, and it's a very important conversation, but it is another conversation. Um, yeah. One of the things, we're talking about overheads here, and then we'll move on to the other ones. But one of the things I always remember um, listening to Anna Flanagan, who was without question, uh, if not one of the best overheaders in the world, women or men, yeah. women or men or certainly one of the best overheads in Australia, women's, I mean, without doubt, probably the best. Uh, and one of the things she used to do was she used to get a bucket of about uh, 20 balls and she would place an ice cream carton, which is no bigger than, for most people, if you understand, it's no bigger than, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she'd put it on the spot down the far end of the D, near the, just outside the, just outside the, the D. Uh, and she'd go down the other end, uh, about where the 16 is, and she'd continually overhead these balls at this and the goal was to land every single one or close to every single one in anyway yeah. she she did this once uh, in front of us and said oh how many how many you want to lay a bet on and i'll get in um and i said oh, i reckon you'll get 19 out of 20 knowing how good she was at at doing it and that's what she was doing so that consistently that was the consistency uh, but I guess the point is, is you know, is it important for players to remember that they're not going to throw a ball the length of the field the first time they do it? They have to accept that it's like you say, it's little, it's little progressions as as we go on. Yeah, yeah. So it is, it is small progressions that they need to start that that they need to understand. Um, you know, they start small and then. You know, when you can see that they're comfortable, you let them take a step back and you take a step back and you carry on and you carry on to eventually the place where they can throw it quite far, you know, or they get it across one of the quarters, you know, and then they start feeling good about themselves. And then it it, it just instills more trust in, in them for you as a coach in that. Um, so, yeah, they need you. It's, it's a big thing to try and get them to grasp the small steps concept. Um, but once they do, then it works. Is especially skill the flip of that being able to actually bring it down? Not that the, now that the rules have changed, of course, it, it's a lot easier to to control it. Um, but would you consider the especially skill? Would you consider their especially skill in actually controlling and bringing to the an overhead to the ground? Um. I think that it's something that needs a special time put aside for it, but I wouldn't consider it a speciality skill because everyone and everyone has to know how to do it because you might be throwing the ball to anyone. So if everyone knows how to do it, it's not really a special, you know, skill. Uh, but I do think that time should be put aside for players that need to learn how, because otherwise you're going to have kids flying sticks in the air and yeah, it's just not going to go, go down well. So and yeah. You've seen it clonk someone on the head. 
Oh, a few times. A few times. I mean, I've seen a few. I've thrown overheads before. I was, let me tell you a story. So, <laughs> so I was at under 14 provincial trials. So that is, in South Africa, that is your first big year of provincial teams. Mm. And so we're at trials. And at that at that stage in my life, I was still playing left link. So in the middle, but yeah, on the left midfielder. And I was taking a ball on the sideline, on the left-hand side, taking a ball on the sideline. <laughs> and I decided, no, I'm going to throw it over it. So, yeah, I throw this over it. And goodness me, I hooked that overhead so much that I threw it straight next to me out of the Astro, over, <laughs> out onto the hill. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, and I was just like, wow, this is such a good time to be doing this at provincial trials. <laughs> oh, I still I, remember that feeling. <laughs> I can top that. Um, in a game in front of a packed stadium at Perth Hockey Stadium, um, one of the guys I knew who was playing at the time, um, I won't mention his name, he overheaded into the grandstand. Um, oh, no. Yeah, and uh, the comment, we have a thing in Australia when anyone ever kicks it out on a ball or does something and throws it into a grandstand. And and normally the response is, oh, he, must have been, he must have been passing the ball to his mum so his mum could have a hit. Um, <laughs> that's normally the reference. Well, I've done that. I've done that, but with a defensive mask, a defensive face mask. Yeah. I you threw it because we, we had a counter-attack then and I couldn't go over, you know, over the 25 with my mask on, so... I uh, just took it off and threw it while I was running and I ended up throwing it into the grandstand and it hit someone in the face. They had to go and get stitches and everything. Jeez. Oh, jeez. That was a specialty skill. <laughs> <laughs> specialty skill throwing off the face mask. So let, <laughs> let's move. I guess we move past overheads to a degree and we start looking at other things. Obviously, the biggest specialty skill that's around in the modern game and it's been there, well, it's probably been there since the Dutch invented it. Um, and I need to be careful here that the Dutch actually did invent it. Um, well, certainly since I remember, since I recall Taka, uh, Taka Takayama, who played for Holland, used it, and that's the drag flag. Uh, yeah. How valuable a specialty skill for you is a drag flag? Um, I think that they, they are. I mean, drag flick is... It's, you know, the whole thing we spoke about with Shorty is that just keep it simple. And drag flick is basically like the simplest straight beat shot made a little bit more fun. Mm. You know, it is simple. Push out, stop, drag flick, you know. And so I think it is an extremely valuable skill to have. Um, but with the drag flick, the biggest thing is that they do get the right technique. Otherwise, they will never get it to, you know, the level that the national players do. Um, some people that most, most players, they don't get the drag part of it proper. They flick it. And you might be able to flick a ball really hard, but to a trained eye, you can see that that's not how you're supposed to do it, you know. Um, I, I remember the one year, Pity Kutsia, I don't know if you know Pity Kutsia from South Africa, well, she used to play. 
she retired now. She was one of our best players ever. Um, she well, she was also our fastest drag flicker ever. Um, and she held a clinic once at my school. And the one thing that she said, which I always remember, um, she said, "You as a player, everyone can run with the ball. Everyone can hit a ball. Everyone can dribble, dribble a ball, or you know whatever." But if you want to make teams, if you want to make top teams, you have to have something that makes you stand out above everyone else who's dribbling the ball or everyone else who's hitting the ball, you know. And whether that means you teach yourself a special skill that, you know, puts you one up on everyone else or whatever, you want to know when you make a team, I've made it because this is what makes me stand out whatever it might be and it could be the most unconventional thing or one of the most streamlined skills but you want to know that that's why you've made the team you don't want to guess you know or when you don't make a team you know be or why 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 you know so yeah so that's that always reigned true for me um and it was you know it sound it sound advice really so the special skills people do try and learn especially the drag flick, like you said, it's one of the most popular ones. So all the kids try and learn it and that sort of thing, but 90% of them don't have the right technique. They don't get the drag proper. And yeah, that's the frustrating thing about it. We've got a, uh, we've got a viewer online. My dad is online. He just said, g'day, Simone. Nice to see you back. Hello. Uh, <laughs> referencing that you were with us last week uh, for the great sports debate. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you, you, yeah. So, yeah, he's just uh, letting you know, and, um, jumping in there. Um, okay, so looking at drag flicking, what age would you start them at? Because this is always a, a very contentious issue. And then, how would you, how would you progress them? I think that. I wouldn't say a specific age, but I didn't. I don't think less than 14, 13, 14. Anything less than that, they haven't developed the understanding of skill and the ball control yet. But even 14 is very early. But for, for a player who has developed control and, and all of that, then yes, maybe 14. But yeah, 14, 15, 16, around about that age, I would say. You and can start learning that. And how would you progress them? What, what what sort of steps would you be looking to? It's it's a lot of the same steps where you get them almost like an overhead where you get them on their knees first. And that's where they start understanding that it's not a flick. Mm. It's the drag. And so then they've got to get their hands to remember what to do, where to drop, how far to drop, all of that. And then you progress them up um, from that. Obviously with a drag flick, it's not a standstill motion. So your steps do include a lot of step of actual stepping. So take a step forward and then go, you know, whatever. But the most important thing is for them to not lose their hand technique um, and the wrist and the arm technique while stepping. And so that's the fine line where you don't want to push them too quickly um, by losing that technique. Yeah. And we, 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 do, we do remember, and I just wanted to make this point for coaches, that the rule book states flick. It doesn't actually state drag flick. So as long as the first shot 
a goal is a flick, it can hit the net. It doesn't have to hit the backboard. So it doesn't actually state drag flick, although the drag flick's the one that everyone everyone turns to. Uh, yeah. A lot of coaches don't realise that you can actually use a flick. Um, mind you, it'd be, it'd be some effort to flick it from that far. From the top of the D, is you know that'd be that'd be some effort to control. Yeah. Um, looking at other other specific, you know, we've looked we're looking at drag flick, but there are other specific skills that are very very important. Uh, as you refer to as the whammy, we refer to it as the tomer. Um, how important how important is that uh, in terms of its its speciality? Is it a, is it a speciality or is it something that everyone these days should have in the arsenal. I think, I mean, at a, I think it is a speciality purely because of the fact that kids don't seem to grasp that it's so easy to do. Mm. For some reason, they can't grasp it. And I don't know if it's super easy for me to do because I'm left-handed. So it plays onto actually my strong side or what it is. But, I mean, even people at club level, you know, adults, People that have come through school hockey already can't know me anymore. And so where does thing for me? But the, I've like, I mean, hell, whammy is, is so it puts the, the person who's doing the whammy is in a very unique position. And that is why they can't be tackled. Because yeah, you know, it's weird, it's hard to explain, but for example, when you come into the D and you're going to take a straight shot, mm. a defender has positioned himself in such a way that they are also strong side. So it's strong side to strong side. And if you then spin and go to your whammy, they don't really know where to tackle you mm. because it's weak side to strong side then. Yeah. Or they must you know, try and shave the ball or something. And it's just, it's a skill that you can't really tackle. A shot that you can't really jab the ball out of. Um, and with the whammy, it's so easy to learn the control of getting it flat, getting it flat or getting it, you know, high up on the top. I mean, my whammies, I hit them harder than I hit a normal shot. Faster, they, the ball travels faster, you know. And that is, a, that is something that can be said for a lot of players. The ball does travel faster off a whammy than a, than a straight shot. Um, and whether that's because of, you know, the backswing that you get on a whammy compared to a straight shot or because of the position that it's hitting your stick or whatever, there's probably some tech technical scientific explanation for that. But, um, yeah, for me, a whammy, it's – so for a goalie, it's very hard to read where the ball's going to go. Um, well, yes, it is a hard shot to read. Yeah, so – yeah, for me, it's a special speciality skill. And again, again, is it is it something that you need to teach correct technique, or is it something that oh, you yes. allow a little bit of creativity with? You definitely allow creativity. You allow uh, comfortability for the players. You know, do they take a whammy off their back leg or off their front leg? Um, you know, their their backswing. Some players use this hectic like helicopter thing. And then they whammy, and I'm just like, you making it so complicated. But if that's what you want to do, then do it. It's fine. Um, you know, the kids, with everything, I let the kids have a certain amount of freedom to, you know, explore and find what is comfortable for them while still just making sure that they grasp the basic technique of it. 
And with whammy, there's not a whole bunch of technique. You can pull pull a whammy off in quite a number of ways. Um, you know, the most important thing is basically just your stick position when it actually hits the ball. Mm. Um, otherwise, there's a lot of freedom in 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 that shot. Yeah. Well, so I had a young player who was very very good at it. Um, very very good at execution, and he used to spend a fairly lengthy part of training session uh, at the beginning practicing religiously and he's about the only one I could honestly trust to execute well in the game and know full well that it was going to go in and in fact I I recall throughout that year I think he probably would have missed of all the ones he took I think I can recall him only ever missing two uh, over the course of the season and he didn't take them all the time um, but it wasn't a very effective shot it was very quick very fast very hard to, you're right very hard to defend um, very hard mm. to know what to do with it uh, other specialty skills what other thing other things are you do you you see as being specialities apart from the normal um, the aerial 3d skills i think are speciality because they're a one-up on the basic skill um and those they're not a how do you say they're not a a standard skill that gets coached at every team session or into every, you know, into every team strategy. So for that reason, I think that 3D aerial skills are, you know, a speciality skill that you can teach kids. But that's that's as well something to teach them once they have mastered the basic skills because it is building on basic skills. Um, so that um, weak, side, weak side dribbling, so dribbling on your weak side with the with one hand um, on the left hand side, that if you get it right and you get the ball in such a if you can get the ball in such a position and have control over the ball where it you're not shielding, um, no one will be able to tackle you. Mm. And I say this because I know they can't because you you can kick their stick out the way and call it you running and them obstructing your your running path which is totally legal. And if they come from the back, you just spin it to the front, to your strong side again. And then as soon as they come to your strong side, you spin it to your weak side again. It's, you know, I use it so much. It's, that's, that's my speciality skill. Um, or my main one, at least. And, um, yeah, that's something that I feel is, is widely unutilized, especially if you're playing on the left-hand side of the field. If you're playing on the left-hand side of the field, and you're running on your strong side, you know, you're kind of being done because you're giving them the ball, literally, you know. So to teach kids how to do that, whether they're right-handed or left-handed, it doesn't matter. Um, to teach them that control of the ball is going to benefit them. Their left hand should anyway be their stronger hand on their stick. So, yeah. Um, that, what else? Am I missing something? A fake slap? So... You guys call the slap uh sweep. A sweep. So the fake sweep, I don't know if you guys even get that. But basically the one where if I'm looking that way, I'm actually gonna be slapping it there. Yeah. So um that that's not too hectic though, it's look just a little bit pass. of rest movement. Hey? We call it it's the old look away pass. Oh, okay, that. 
but that's just a little bit of wrist wrist adjustment um really but yeah i think that i think that that's about all of them i mean taking like like p flex and eight second rule like a p flex i suppose in a certain sense can be a speciality skill you know um, if you know how to do it really. and all of that, but it's really being phased out of the game quite a lot now. Um, eight second rules, not really a speciality skill. It's just how well do you, are you able to use whatever skills you have in your armory under pressure? Um, yeah, I think that's about all. Well, uh, you talk about a penalty flick. Well, penalty flick or, or, or a flick in general, um, as opposed to being a specialty skill, it's more of a confidence skill. Players have got to feel yeah. confident at the time. You know, I, I often say that we 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 practice. You know, most of the teams I've been in, I've coached, we practice them in training. And but it's come down to in, in finals, it's come down to assuming we get to that situation. It's come down to me asking who feels confident in that moment to take them, uh, and that's yeah. the five, that's the five that I'll send out. Um, yeah. I won't send someone out there that, while they might be really, really good at it, um, who happens to feel shaky on the day because shaky in the moment is not going to be good for that skill anyway. So, yeah. Is it especially skill? Probably not. It's probably more of a everyone should be capable of doing it skill, but then it comes down to um, who on the day. And we often say that the best flick or best P flick is isn't actually one that get, gets raised. It's a hard push into the corner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that doesn't require much speciality to be able to do that. So mm. no, it's an interesting yeah, one. But exactly. certainly, I agree with you, certainly your drag flick, your, your, uh, um, your obviously your whamming and your timer. Uh, what about, um, well, the, I suppose your 3D that comes into that, your, your 180-degree turns with the ball and the crook of your in the hook of your stick and those sort of things come into all of those sort of skills. And they are a bit of an art form to teach because you know, how I've taught some players how, with one eight and they end up spinning completely off their... Yeah. <laughs> completely off their axis and not knowing where they are. Uh, yeah, it's quite funny to watch. Um, is there anything specific that... Where are the... What age are you really... At what point are you starting with this? Because a lot of coaches often, I think a lot of coaches often fall into the trap that the kids say from a very young age, I want to learn how to whammy, I want to learn how to time up. But they don't actually have the other stuff first. So at what point are you saying any age or are you saying, no, we need to get a few other things in place? For me, for me with the kids, it's not about age. It's about what level they're at hockey-wise. Once they've got the basics waxed, um, once you're confident that they know exactly what they're doing with the basics, that they've got enough ball control, that their shots are on, you know, then you can, then I'll start with them, you know. And some kids, I mean, I've got kids in my academy that some of them are 16, some of them are 12. And I've been, I've started teaching both of those sets. Um, you know, overheading and whammy and stuff. And definitely the 16-year-olds grasp the concept quicker and seem to start progressing faster, which is to be expected because the kids are 16. You know, they've developed more control of their bodies as well. The 12-year-olds, 
they're at the level where they can learn it, but they learn it a lot slower, which is fine. You know, as long as they're learning the right technique and all that, they don't need to be knowing how to wear me in primary school. I mean, hell, those kids now, if they go into the league and start whamming and overheading, they're going to get blown up for it because the coaches don't know what they're going to be seen as reckless, you know. So it's more of just training them for them for high school for it. Mm. But, um, yeah, it more depends on the level of skill that they're at for me. Well, it's, yeah, so there we have it. Uh, it we're talking about specialty skills in hockey and, and, and there are a few out there and they're all valuable and they're all vital. Um, does it make a difference at the selection table when you're picking a side? Can it? Yeah, if you're a coach that's looking for something specific, you know, for example, if you're picking a team that's going to tournament, you know, you're going to be looking for specific speciality skills that you know are going to be needed in the tournament. Um, otherwise, if you're just looking for, you know, if you can see that there's a defender, you know, that knows how to overhead, that, that adds a get out of jail free card, you know, in certain 16 scenarios or whatever. Um, so I definitely think that there is a certain amount of speciality skill that you look for in selection um, that does put the players one up on someone else who can't. You know, if you're sitting with two players who can both dribble, both tackle, both hit a ball, what's going to make you decide between one or the other? Well, this one can overhead. Okay. But this one can drag flick. But I've already got five drag flickers. Okay, well, let's take the overhead of them, you know. Um, I so, agree. It's, 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 that's where it fits in. Yeah. yeah. I've always seen it as a, as a, as a splitter, a splitter criteria, a splitter um, yeah. selection criteria that's, that decides the difference between one over the other. Um, that's normally where I normally fit it in. Um, and we've got Martin Suji online. He says, "Thanks for the insights. Thanks for the insights." He's 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 passed. He's posted a, a comment saying, "Thanks for the insights." So, thank you, Martin. Huh? I just said it's a pleasure. Thank you, Martin. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> thank you, Martin. Um, as you can see, it's early for Simone. She's, uh, you know, I'm probably feeling. I haven't like had my morning morning. coffee yet. Had your morning coffee yet? So we'll have to. I'll stop yawning after having coffee. Well, um, well, well, I think we've covered just about everything. I think we've, we've looked at everything that we can think of um, for this week's episode of Sports Coaching Insights. Thank you, Simone, for being with us again. Um, you're obviously going to join us on Friday for yes uh, the great sports debate, and then you're probably going to join us a little bit later on in the in the day. Yeah or a little bit later on while I'm in the middle of the 24 hours, uh, yeah. the 24-hour broadcast marathon. Uh, we're going to talk about global sport, the global hockey squad again, a couple of other things we're going to talk about as well. Uh, but yeah. that's a little bit later on in the day. You'll be on the great sports debate in the morning. Uh, hopefully we might actually cross to you while you're coaching somewhere at some stage. Um, yeah, that's the plan. That's the plan. So that's Friday. So that's the first birthday celebrations. It's your birthday as well on Friday. So we'll be wishing you a happy birthday as well, uh, which is fantastic. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Looking forward to you being a part of that again and us have, celebrating our first birthday. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting through the 24 hours without falling asleep. 
It'll be fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and we'll be back next week for another Sports Coaching Insights. So thanks again, Perfect. Simone. Thank you to everyone. Thank you so much. Who joined us, and we'll see you all again next week. Bye. Bye. For- Bye.